We don't eat. We don't drink. Shit, we don't even need to use the bathroom because we're robots. Or if you do, you take your phone with you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Hey, y'all, this is Trudy. Hello, friends. This is Louisa, better known as Weeze. And you're listening to That's Not How That Works. This show is about diversity, inclusion, and equity and how these things show up or don't in the coaching and personal development industry and our broader communities. So if you like what you hear, join us in our Facebook group to continue the conversation. Enjoy the show. Hey, y'all. Hello, friends. What's up? Welcome to this episode of That's Not How That Works. That's not how that works. Was that the jingle I did last time? I yeah, think it was. I it. I, this is going to be a thing. I'm making it a thing. How's it going, Weez? You know, wonderful. I've really been in a state of um, minding my business, and I can't suggest it enough for people. Drink water and mind your business. I've been telling people, like, when that song came out, I was like, they've been listening to my live because <laughs> I've been saying I'm, like, minding my business and drinking my water. Like... That is all. Yeah. My, t- my topo. <laughs> Your topo. How are you? I'm good. We have a lot going on. Getting married in a few weeks. Books coming out in a few weeks. So we have lots of stuff happening. So I'm, you know, slightly stressed in all the normal ways um, and also really excited. Yeah. I'm very excited for y'all. It's like 72 years. I'm a little bit cranky that it's cold in Connecticut and I just got back from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I'll be all right. It's, it's 62 and sunny out here. I don't know how to help you. Oh, my God. We've talked about you just moving to the West Coast or Puerto Rico. I, mean. I don't think we're West Coast people, but Puerto Rico might be an option. We'll see. I vote Puerto Rico, so I have a place to stay. But obviously, it's very, it. very oh, soft. We'll put that on the list. We'll put that on the pros list. <laughs> right. Weez votes. Weez will come stay. Yeah. Weez votes. Yes. Puerto Rico and she'll come stay. Love it. Yeah. Obviously. So there's, it's been a really interesting couple of weeks, like out, you know, it's always is like out in the world. There's been a couple of things that have happened on um, all the white supremacy and racism that we continue to be exposed to online. And I don't know about you. Well, I have a good idea, about it. <laughs> but I'm exhausted by it and the pace with which things continue to happen is exhausting. And I feel like, you know, I just want to kind of talk about the expectations that come from the kind of work that we do and how you're managing those things, like how you're feeling, what you're hearing from people. Cause it's, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, we've always said, right. Like your urgency is not my emergency. Hey, that first started as like your white urgency. Isn't my emergency. And then unfortunately, like everyone, because capitalism and hyperproductivity, like can exhibit that. So, right. We edited it down to like, just your urgency is not my emergency. And I think people like don't grasp fully what we mean by that. Like beyond the fact that it literally means what it says, like, You can't make your emergency somebody else's problem. Like on a larger scale, what that also means is you have no idea what is going on in any single individual's orbit in their personal life and in their professional life and right internally, like you have literally no clue. 
And so what you might think is deeply important might not even be a priority on somebody's spectrum in that given moment because of whatever else they have going on. And like, obviously that just goes like across the board for people. But I think when you specifically talk about the work that we do, and also you talk about business owners, entrepreneurs, right? Anyone in that like leadership role that holds a marginalized identity, I think that becomes even more true. Oh, for sure. For sure. One of the things I was thinking about recently is like a couple, you know, a couple now it's been many years. I think it was in 2018, uh, you know, I wrote an article about like diversity, equity, and inclusion and coaching like specifically. And one of the things that I wrote in that article that I was a little surprised by the response, by how many people just didn't know some of these things was how many people were not aware about the disproportionate impact of kind of life circumstances for black and brown folks, right? So like, there's just so much data that shows like you can, for example, you can have two families, like a white family and a black family, same family composition, same exact income in the home, same position in like their career, education, all those things can be exactly the same. And it's just way more likely that the Black family is going to have way more complicated life circumstances and stressors and that they're going to have less like what I call flexible income because I don't like the term disposable because it's just ridiculous. It's not disposable. Um, Right. So like less flexible income, less access to credit, more sensitive to disruption, like all kinds of disruption. And like people were shocked when I was talking about this and how important that was to understand in the context of like, you know, coaching and personal development and career development and all these things. But I wanted to kind of revisit that conversation a little bit, because if that was the case in 2018, in 2022, that has even gotten more complex. Yeah. I remember when you wrote that article because we did the episode, um, protect your peace, where we talked about like weathering and the impact of like just existing in marginalized bodies, specifically black and brown bodies in the United States. And like the armor that you have to put on every day. And like, just from a, like a mental health, like a socio-psychological perspective. Right. And then obviously then at the intersection of all of the other things that you've named, right. The complexities, it's really only gotten worse because, and to be clear, not because things have gotten worse because things have been this bad for a long time. It's because the individuals who benefit and choose to continue to maintain and or uphold the systems of oppression that do exist are just more in, like emboldened and empowered and really nucky and bucky <laughs> about it, right? They're just like, they came here, they came here to turn up and they're letting us know. They're like, oh, you thought things were getting better for you? Challenge accepted. Hold my beer, justice system. Like hold my beer, education system. We've got work to do. So, I mean, that's the, it's just more in our face now. That adds to that complication, right? Because it's more in our face. And then like, again, with the, with the increase over the last, I don't know what, five years in social media and video streaming, the secondary trauma of like what we are seeing is just more, way more frequent. Well, it's also actually more frequent 
like when I was teaching last night in, you know, my monthly community, this is a conversation we were having of like, oh, maybe it's just because I'm paying attention more. Yes. Part of it is folks, if you've never paid attention now, it's like, oh my God, it's happening all the time. But, you know, to the point that we're trying to make, it's also that while it has always been this bad, there's more outlets for people who want to either say or do terrible things to be able to say and do those terrible things and for you to be exposed to them, right? Like the likelihood of your exposure to them increases because of social media, one. And two, literally the onslaught of like attacks on our attempts to create equity and justice and an anti-racist, anti-racist, anti-oppressive society are just coming one after another, after another, after another. It's like a it's like they're just dropping bombs one after the other because it's like, oh, critical race theory. OK, we passed that bill. Oh, anti-trans legislation. OK, what's next? Oh, banning books. OK, what else can we do? Oh, you can opt out of Black History Month. OK, what else? How else can we continue to combat the like fragment of liberation or movement that we're seeing? So it is it's an it's a concerted attempt. And whether the attempts are rooted in reality or not doesn't matter. Right. Like Ted Cruz started an entire media cycle around the Biden administration handing out crack pipes to people, which is like not true. But all he had to do was tweet it and take a portion of one of the bills that is being passed and like with enough gray area and enough like fancy languaging, like all of these new media outlets were like, oh, well, Biden must be. No, what? But to that point, right. So not only is it it's happening all the time because or rather, it feels like an increase because we are exposed to it more, but also because there's a very intentional, concerted effort to make sure that it's also like rapid fire because we can't possibly keep up. How do you how do you fight all of it? Right. You can't keep up. And like just also keep up with your life. Like, How do you keep up with it from a perspective of like educating people, supporting people, teaching about what's going on? reporting, you know, depending on what your role might be. Right. And also like living your own life and having a family and, you know, just having neighbors and wanting to be balanced and taking care of yourself. Like, is it even possible? Like, I don't even know. Well, so that's the thing that I find so fascinating that somehow individuals think that if you do liberatory work in any, whatever aspects you do it in, that somehow you live in a vacuum, that you don't also have families, that you don't also want rest and peace and joy and love and relationships and whatever, that you don't have bad days, that you somehow don't have family or are directly impacted by COVID or the financial stressors of being in a pandemic or like we magically live in a vacuum and all we do is sit in our houses and educate or liberate or create content for free. And we also don't pay bills. Clearly, clearly we don't pay bills. We have All no we bills. We're exempt. Of our computer with our phone in our hand and read about what's going on and write about it and talk about it. And we don't even eat. No, we don't eat. We don't drink shit. We don't even need to use the bathroom because we're robots. Or if you do, you take your phone with you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's really how people treat us. And in the beginning, and not the beginning, at the beginning of the Great White Awakening, right? June 2020, we saw this in a different way. We saw it in the way of like, 
the demand of, you know, there was so much happening and so many people were confused and so many people were like just waking up and we've, we've, you know, had this conversation at nauseum, so we don't need to have it again. But that expectation at that point was just that, like, I have nowhere else to go. And I'm, I forget that you're a human. And because I have, right. That's kind of when we really started saying like your white urgency is not my emergency. Right. That sense of like, holy shit, I'm just waking up to this. And like, I need to consume everything I possibly can to catch up. Like it was a lot of that. And of course there was a lot of the, you know, dehumanization as well. And that's at the intersection of the way that people are socialized to understand different people's roles in societies based on their social identities, so on and so forth. I feel like there's been this shift now where because people had access to liberatory language or, you know, language of anti-racism and anti-oppression, there is now this like weaponization that's happening. Now, the kind of vibe that I'm getting and the direct like messages and shit that I'm getting are very much like, oh, well, you know, you are not keeping up the same pace. Like you're not, quote unquote, reporting on every little thing that's happening. You're not posting every single day. Like basically you are not meeting whatever standards I have decided like needs to be met for you to be considered credible or valuable or whatever bullshit. Insert white supremacist ideology here, right? <laughs> um, you choose whichever one fits best. And because of that, I'm now going to weaponize all of this language, like, you know, whether it's like, oh, you're really ghosting or you were co-opting or you were this or you were that. First of all, check our resumes, because we've been we've said this so many times we've been doing this well before 2020, well before 2020, before it was it was cool and popping and people were were paying attention. But like, that's really what I've noticed. It's like it's gone from this like consumption culture and this this just like need to like extract Granted, still, it's very selfish, but like for the sake of the collective good so that a person can feel like they're doing the right things and doing it in the right way. And yes, there's consequences on the human in, in that space to now being like, oh, well, you must not you're not really with the shit or like you were just faking the funk or like you're liberatory. You're you're not authentically committed to your liberatory process or like, oh, it's no longer convenient for you. Like all of the same things that we've been saying to white folks, it's like, oh, you just took the language. And then because we have the audacity to change our pace or take care of ourselves or prioritize our humanity, right? It's still the, uh, the same thing, but it's like the response to it now is like, it's this weaponization of the language of, of like equity language and equity concepts, which I find so interesting. That's what happens when people l- like learn words <laughs> and don't like learn what they mean. They learn in sound bites. And so they feel like using those sound bites in whatever context they feel like is appropriate demonstrates or, you know, is sufficient to be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, I see what this is about. But they haven't internalized that education. It's not founded in any real context. They don't understand how it's contributing to actual change in any meaningful ways. So they're just talking. They're just like saying words that (laughs) don't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, and I think what it all boils down to, even though like, you know, now it's, I don't know, it's like entitled and gross in a different way. You know, it reminds me of all of the like kids I went to Cal with who like you could tell didn't really do the reading and didn't, didn't grasp it. Don't know how to apply the knowledge, but like 
they read it just so that they could be like, well, clearly in, you know, when Chomsky says, da, 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 and they just like repeat the thing that has already been said as though it's like this profound statement. And I'm like, bro, we all read it. Like, we all know what it says just because you memorized it. Like, that doesn't even apply here, you know, like, but you, you just think that like you now can have this, like, you get to be an expert or you get to have this, like, you know, stance that like you get to judge other people or drag other people or, you know, place value on other people based on the quote that you memorized. But it all boils down to the same thing. As far as I'm concerned, it is still the simple fact remains. We are still not allowed to be full scoped humans outside of the role that we serve for those people. Especially for people when people are not like invested in learning containers or formal mentorship, like the expectation that someone is going to show up to make you feel better about what's happening in the world or to give you insight onto something that you've seen on TV that you don't understand how to process so that you feel informed like this ain't the news. Like, and that's really honestly, what's that saying? It chaps my ass. That's the saying. That's the thing that really just gets under my skin because people will still do that and have that expectation like, oh, well, I know that Trudy or Weez are just going to show up online and, and do the educating for free or whatever. So I don't have to invest in my own learning and pay them for it. Right. I literally have told people over and over again. If you want a space to unpack and or learn and or have the thing explained to you that you saw on the news that you don't understand, you can join the community for as little as like 10 bucks a month. There is a monthly office hours call where you get to come and do that. Like I make that point because it is happening. The learning is happening, right? People can join the Institute if they want that level of learning from you. That is happening in spaces it's just happening one off of social media for free two in a, in the appropriate container where learning can happen because you can't teach these nuanced, complex things to your point in sound bites or captions. You can illuminate in sound in captions and in, in posts, but you can't fully teach. So it is happening, but again, it's just not happening where the people who want it when they want it, how they want it, because they're still operating out of white supremacy want it to happen. Right. And I just like, I think about, you know, like, obviously we're talking about this. These are things that we experience. We have friends who we know are going through similar things, but I think about like the broader community of like entrepreneurs of color and people who are holding the responsibility of their work, like community organizational work, like leading initiatives and just experiencing life as a person. And it's like the level of healing that is needed. I can't even wrap my brain around. Like, it's just so tremendous. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that. Cause I'm at a point where like, you know, we talk about it on the podcast and it probably sounds like we're all fired up just because we're like, we're passionate about the things that we talk about. But like in my everyday life now, when I see people that are operating from that place, like my first thought is like, there's something inside of you that needs to be healed. And my response now to people is just like, I pray for your healing. This is why I said, like I started the episode, like I've been minding my business, like truly 
like whether it's the trolls, whether it's whatever it is, like I pray for your healing because healing is a choice. We definitely all have things that we need to heal from. And I hope you get that. I really hope you do. Cause I've just decided that to live my life under the, the scope of the guise of like, people only act like that because they have parts of themselves that are still wounded. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I mean, I think about, you know, just, and I, you know, I did a live about this and we, we talked about it like before we hopped on, you know, and unfortunately it's the reason that I'm going to miss your wedding, but like people have, you know, they, they got so used to me like posting with a certain frequency and like commenting on things and showing up all the time and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So then, you know, in November of 2021, when I like stopped doing that and like, you can go through my feed and very clearly see the moment where it was like, oh, like we've kind of disappeared, you know, from November to still now, you know, at first it's like people assume like, oh, she, you know, she's just taking a mental health break because I didn't announce it to the world. I don't owe anybody anything. And then, you know, you get those messages that are like, oh, I see you haven't posted in a while, like way to take some you time. That's not what's happening. And I'm not responding to that. Like, whatever, fine. Right. But then it drags on a little longer than other people are comfortable with. And they don't have context or they don't have information and things are still happening in the world. And so then the messages start to become instead of leading with curiosity, right, asking if something is going on, making the more accurate human assumption that maybe this is a human being who this human being has showed us rather that they are integrous and that they've been committed to this work for ever and ever and ever prior to 2020. And for there to be some sort of lapse or hiccup or shift in, you know, pace or consistency, maybe something is going on in their life. And so I'm just going to send them good vibes or maybe I'll send them a message of just like, notice you haven't posted in a while, hope all is well, or whatever the case may be. Instead, what happens because people are not moving from a healed place is they send these messages that are very accusatory and very inflammatory that all are all along the lines of we have an expectation of you to perform X, Y, Z education, guidance, perform the work as I need it. And because you're not, I'm going to now take all of the language that you and others have taught me over the last couple of years, and I'm going to start coming for you. I'm going to make all sorts of accusations about how like you are either you previously co-opted the work or you're you're just like falling back or because it's no longer profitable or baby when it started when we started this shit wasn't profitable like <laughs> we're when we're still here you know like get out of here but you know because of that we force people into situations and I know this is how I felt right we force people into situations where it's finally like you keep poking a bear eventually it's going to bite you in this case, like, you know, I'm not out here biting people <laughs> like I didn't bang on anyone. But, you know, you you push people into a place where you make them feel like they have to share parts of themselves or they might have to provide explanations that, frankly, are no one's business. But it's kind of almost like like y'all are going to keep trying me. And like, so let me let me go ahead and squash this. Right. Like so now you have to be transparent about a thing, you know, so I I went live and I shared that. I have a congenital eye defect. I have been losing my vision since the day I was born at a rate of like 150, you know, speed of an average person. So that means that now it, well, at 35, I 
corrective lenses, you know, visual accessibility aids don't work for me, even on phones because of the doubling and like all the other things, right. That are going on with my eyes. So posting on Instagram is actually incredibly difficult for me. Engaging on computers is incredibly difficult for me. It causes migraines. I can only do it for so long. I effectively can't see, right? So yeah, I 100% stopped posting on social media. You know, I'm still active in the stories because I can like make it hella big and then type and then make it small again. And even then, like I'm making hella mistakes, like in terms of like, you know, spelling, I don't care. Not my problem. Y'all know what I'm saying. But the point is that there is an actual real life thing happening. There is a human behind the screen who's trying to figure out how to use visual accessibility aids for the first time in their 36 years of life. Right. There's complexities in people's lives that actually explain and or necessitate a change in pace, a change in behavior, a shift in offering, a shift in capacity. Or an entirely different choice, like in whether that's career choice or like an entire choice to opt out of something. Like the irony in all of this is that like, if you actually believe in liberation, you give people the space to do that. To choose. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like people are out here telling on themselves because the people who are making demands of another human in any realm right? But specifically in this type of work and specifically for marginalized folks, because of the additional complexities that exist in our lives outside of just humaning, right? Like we have to be given the space. We have to give others the space to choose for themselves without judgment, without dragging, without like all of the other things that come with it. Like we cannot sit here and posture as though we are doing, you know, we're doing the work and we're fighting the good fight and we're, we believe in liberation and justice and equity. But then the moment somebody deviates from the thing that makes us comfortable about how they show up in the world or suits our needs. Or yeah, or makes them useful to us. Exactly. It makes them of service to us. All of a sudden, all that shit goes out the window and you're effectively having a temper tantrum. And instead of just because and this is where the healing comes in, instead of being able to say, I am reconciling the fact that I have existed in this world in a place where I expect service of those with marginalized identities or I expect service from those that I pay in whatever sort of consum- you know, consumer capitalistic way. And I'm having to reconcile the fact that I have feelings about you choosing your own sovereignty and autonomy and making choices that are best for you. And I don't know what to do with that because I'm working on liberation, but also I'm deeply programmed to be mad at you and to like think that I get to go to like whatever, the Better Business Bureau and complain or whatever the fuck people are going to do, right? Instead of saying that, we make it somebody else's problem. Like the person who is of service to us is now less valuable, not really integrous, insert negative, you know, stereotype or characteristic here. Am I surprised? No. But am I annoyed? Absolutely. Yeah. In, in some ways, I don't know. Am I surprised? I guess not. You know, what I'm, what I'm, the, the reason I'm kind of thinking like, am I surprised? I guess what I would have hoped was that by now, especially for people who have been paying attention or claiming to pay attention, that they would have arrived in almost March of 2022, understanding 
this fundamental distinction around what liberation and equity is about, which is at the core about self-determination and allowing people the freedom to exist, to make choices, to make different choices, to be who they are, to take care of their needs without a judgment, especially if there isn't a previous formal agreement. Now, if you have an agreement with someone that you're going to show up to work from eight to five and you don't show up, then a knock on the door or an email like, hey, where you at? That is within reason, (laughs) you know, but not in this kind of like public, I hate that term public figure, right? But like, you know, like that's how we think of people who are in roles where they're producing content and teaching or whatever. High visibility. Yes, high visibility people. Yeah, that to make the mistake that that agreement exists just because you see them often on social media or where, or regular media, whatever, that is a huge misunderstanding of the relationship. Yeah, like that's, we are not in a right reciprocal relationship. Showing up online, showing up online, it's a gift. Yes. And you're all welcome. You can, and you can unfollow and not accept and, or feel however you want. Like that's it. Just like you don't have to accept a gift. You can set return to sender. That is fine. You don't have to be here. But to that point, the people that are enrolled in my courses and, or enrolled in my monthly membership community, they knew in January, as soon as I had my very first consult with the ophthalmologist, listen, I don't know the dates. I don't know exactly what's happening. This is the current state of things with my eyes. Also, because there are certain accessibility things that we had to change. Like I can't be on circle. So y'all aren't going to see me there, but hold each other. You know, I'll pop in and just like post videos, so on and so forth. But there were some accessibility changes that we had to make. And so, you know, I wanted to be transparent and I wanted to normalize that also as a person who is in a position of like, you know, a quote unquote thought leader, like liberatory leadership kind of thing of like, we can also normalize to our communities for people who do have a set expectation. Like Weez shows up every single Wednesday to teach us for, you know, this course or, you know, these mornings or I changed the start date of one of my courses three times because they kept changing the date of my surgery. And it's like, look, that's just the reality. And if y'all have a problem with that, no problem. I will refund you. And if not, I'll see you when we start. And because there's transparency and because there's honesty and because it's very, very clear of like, this is what's happening. This is what I need to be able to show up and still provide you with the education and the service and the integrity and the quality. People are like, cool, bet. Like, do you need anything? Right? Because that's right. Reciprocal relationship. The internet, social media, all of that shit. No. Sorry. There's no expectation. There's no social contract. There's no agreement. And what's and what we end up doing as a society is that those of us that consume, those of us that are on the receiving end of, you know, the free service, so to speak, create this imaginary social contract in our head. And then we impose it upon our high visibility figures. You can't get mad at me for being in a relationship I didn't know I was in. I didn't know I broke the rules to the relationship that you created in your head. You don't even know them. I don't even know you. For real. I don't even know you. And, you know, we we do the best we can to, like, connect with all every single person that is in our community and in our orbit. 
But that is distinctly different than having a set expectation in a right reciprocal relationship, whether it's professional or personal. And we have to dispel that. Like nobody owes you anything unless it's like actually explicitly agreed upon that they do. That's different again. Like consent. All the parties involved are consenting. They're aware, they're consenting. There's no coercion. That's what that looks like. Give people space to be human. You know, like you want to start practicing liberation. That's where it starts. Mind your business. Give people space to be human. I don't know how many times we have said like TLDR of it all. If somebody is making decisions for themselves that don't negatively impact any other human, mind your business. Right now, if people are making decisions that harm themselves or others, yes, let's have a conversation. That's different. But if people are making sovereign autonomous decisions that have no impact on anybody else or no negative impact on anyone else, mind your business. And not just like hurt feelings, not like you're negatively impacted because you're sad that someone isn't showing up to te- or, you know, to your birthday. Right. Cause also let's normalize that. Some people just don't have capacity sometimes again. Right. Like it's okay to also just be like, I don't have capacity. We have to normalize all of it. Like normalize giving people space to make the decisions for themselves that feel good and right for them, whatever that means. And so I want to encourage people to really reflect on the relationships that they have with others to think about where they might be holding unfair, unjust expectations on whether it's peers or family members or colleagues or, you know, mentors or whoever, and also check like, Do people have those of you and maybe you need to set some boundaries? Take this message as an opportunity to do some self-reflection on how you're dealing with other people and how other people are dealing with you. And you might find that there's a little bleeding over of some of these like entitlement feelings. It's easy to fall into that trap because it has become so normalized, but if you don't have a two-way agreement or, you know, whoever, all the parties involved about what the expectations are, what the relationships are, you don't have the right to hold somebody accountable to something they didn't agree to. Yeah. I'm going to take it one step further and like also remind y'all like to have the conversation, being aware that you might be doing this to others or that others might be doing it to you. And then also deciding on uh, boundaries isn't enough, right? Like we need to start having conversations about these things. Even if you have an expectation that you're like, yo, I've never shared this with this person, go have that conversation with them. Whoever it is like, Hey, I have this expectation. Let me know if this is not okay with you. If that's absurd to you, if you're down with it, like, and they might say no. And then you have to respect that boundary the exact same way that you would expect someone to respect yours. But yeah, do that critical self-analysis and then have a conversation with yourself, with others. Absolutely. There's growth there. I promise it's uncomfortable, but I was just going to say it's uncomfortable (laughs) on the underside, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. All right. Anything else to add? No. All right. Enough for people to chew on and go do some work around. All right, y'all. Well, we will see you when we see you. Yeah. Toodles. If we, if we, want to if we don't make a different choice <laughs> right facts we'll see no, we'll, we'll see y'all eh, we'll see bye <laughs> <laughs>
Thank y'all for listening to this episode of That's Not How That Works. To become part of our community and to continue the conversation, please join us in the Facebook group. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and if you have a moment, leave a written review because it'll help people find us. Until next time, this is Trudy. And I'm Weez. And we out.